um, one of two things that I really want to talk about is our identity. So I was thinking about it, and in order for us all as a body to be one with each other, we need to have a solid core. We need to be unified within ourselves, right? And with Christ, Marilyn already talked about how we need to be one with the Father. We need to have that oneness. And then we need to be one, we need to be one whole person, not fragmented, um, so that we can be one with each other. And so um, one point of our identity, there's lots of things I can say about our identity, but um, God really opened up my eyes to integrity. Um, and that's what he wants us to be. God wants us to be women of integrity. Um, and that, that phrase, just cling to that. That's what your identity is. You are a woman of integrity. And um, I looked up the definition of the word integrity, and one phrase jumped out to me in the definition. It is the state of being whole and undivided. So we are whole and undivided. That's integrity. That's unity, right? It's like yes. it was exactly the same as being perfected in unity to be complete. That's what we get. That's our identity as women of integrity. So um, the first point under being a woman of integrity is being able to respond out of the same core in all situations. So um, as daughters of God, thank you. That keeps me going. All right, so um, being able to respond out of the same core in all situations. And as daughters of God, our integrity and our core is completely built out of our relationship with Christ. We cannot be one without him. He's the, the water that comes in and connects us all within ourselves, too. Um, and so when we have that core of our relationship with Christ, what that looks like is a core of rest and love and all of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That is your foundation. That is your core. That's your starting point when you're in unity, when you're walking in integrity with Christ. Um, and, and when you think about your life from this integrity perspective, you're, that is what enables you to be consistent in that is when, oh, I, I can't be consistently walking out of peace and rest if I'm not consistently connected to Jesus. Because he's the one that gives me those things. Yeah. So that's the core. We have to be, um, for integrity, we have to have it founded in a relationship with Christ. And I've noticed this in my own life, that um, often there's a season of my life where I would use up all of my niceness out in the world at work or running errands or with the lady at the cash register and I would come home and it would be family mode which was a lot more coarse and blunt and just not kind and I think most of us maybe can relate to that feeling of uh, when I'm out with people you know I, my life is perfect and oh I'm just gonna give you lots of smiles and then I come home and it's like, okay, you guys, you guys have, you got me, you, you can't get rid of me, so I'm just gonna let it go, and oh, I'm, yeah, I'm a little blunt, but you could deal. And um, I just realized that that was me relying on my own strength to come up with a fruit of the Spirit, I thought. And um, it, when I, uh, let's see. Yeah, because it was just family. I was like, I don't need to work on it as much. And God opened my eyes to that. This is an area, Tori, where you need integrity. You need to be able to be the same person, respond the same way at home as you are out at work or 
work at the grocery store or whatever. And um, I mean, when you think about it too, like in that example, with family, I mean, they're the people that should get your love first, right? I mean, if you look at it, those are the people who have to put up with you, you know, like those your husbands and your children and your friends, your closest friends, your sisters, you know, your brothers, those are the people who, who just, there's so much more fruit that can come out of it when that is loving. And of course that makes it harder, right? But um, it's, that is an area where we can have integrity. And that also just kind of made me think about, I've done this before too, and I'm sure a few of you have as well, not all of you perhaps, but when you're in the middle of some sort of an argument or something and the phone rings, and all of a sudden, hello, my life is perfect, <laughs> but you were just a minute before not that person, right? And so I was just thinking about that's another example of like mustering it up of my own strength or whatever. Like, obviously we know how to be nice even when we don't feel like it. It's there, right? <laughs> so, okay, Jesus, will you come and fuel that and strengthen yeah. that so that I'm even in an argument, I'm being loving, you know, in honoring. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Being so, what that is, responding out of love, responding out of that same core, no matter what place we're in, that is part of our identity. That's who you are. You already have it. That's your identity as a woman of integrity. All right. So the next point under identity is living out integrity in your life lets you experience a deeper understanding of the character of God. And um, as I was looking for the word integrity in the Bible, I found this verse in 2 Samuel, in my, um, one of my favorite translations, the New Living Translation. It says, to the faithful, you, talking about God, show yourself faithful. And to those with integrity, you show integrity. And so in other translations, you may have heard this version, that, that word integrity is translated as blameless. So to the blameless, you show yourself blameless. And um, that word translated, I, I looked at all the different ways it can be translated. Um, and it can be translated blameless, complete, whole, sound, unimpaired, innocent, having integrity. And so when we have that, when we focus on the aspect of like, okay, God, I want to have integrity. I want to show that wholeness and completeness and innocence to others to be blameless. He's going to show that side of himself to us. And as we walk out and seek being whole, seeking wholeness, he can reveal himself wholly to us. So that's just amazing. Like just, wow, just even just valuing that and putting your focus on it opens it a whole other door for God to show that to you and bring that out in your life as a woman of integrity. And then also the third thing, living out integrity in your life lets you stand on the rock of Christ instead of the waves of your circumstances. And um, I love First Thessalonians 5 and, and the New Living Translation. I love it uh, even more. First <laughs> um, Thessalonians 5.16. Always be joyful, period. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was like, what? What? This is the whole verse. Always be joyful. There's like no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm supposed to always be joyful. And it continues. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Christ Jesus. And, I, you know, the first time I read that, I was just like, God, that is not possible. <laughs> and are you really telling me to do something impossible? Because that doesn't line up with what I know about you. And um, 
So I'm not always joyful, right? I stop praying all the time. I say amen. And I am not thankful, you know, when I stub my toe or when I my car won't start or I just all of a sudden am reminded of a meeting on the other side of town that I'm supposed to be at in 10 minutes. Ugh, I'm not thankful in those moments, but that is... Christ's will for me. And so um, his will for me is to be thankful, to be in prayer, and to be joyful in all circumstances. And I just love that um, in Philippians 2.13 it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what yes. pleases him. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, that is where it's at, right there. Yes. For God is working in you. To give you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's doing it. It's not on your own strength at all. He's already, it's working. He's doing it right now. And he's going to stir up that desire. And he's going to stir up the ability and the power for you. To do exactly what he wants you to do and what would please him. And that is when you're able to be joyful in all circumstances. Because you're standing on the rock of Christ instead of standing on your emotions. So when we stand on our emotions, they just rock back and forth, right? They change with the passing of the wind. And our culture really teaches us that you are at the mercy of your emotions. Go with what it feels like, right? And I have done that, and it's not fruitful. <laughs> um, it reminds me, I was thinking about that. I'm like, wow, emotions just rock back and forth. And the first verse that came to mind when I was thought of that phrase was James 1.6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And I just realized God kind of gave me this download that doubt is really a result of being fooled by your emotions. Ooh. And we are called to be fooled by faith. Yeah. So, doubt is a result of being fueled by your emotions. Fueled. <laughs> Driven, pushed, energized, getting your source of gasoline. Yeah, your gas from emotions as opposed to faith. We're called to be fueled by faith. Um, and we're able to do that because God's working in us. It doesn't have to be our own strength. It's Him coming in and moving us forward. And that's another way that we can live out integrity when we stand on the rock of Christ, not our emotions. All right, fourth part of integrity. We can live out integrity in our life by walking in our identity as a blameless daughter of Christ, which I kind of mentioned earlier. I want to read Colossians 1, 22 through 23. Yet he has now reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him. Without a single fault. This is Colossians 1, 22-23. It says, But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Wow. Christ's work on the cross came in, and he did this. I, I, I have this picture of 
God coming and doing surgery on our eyes, like Lacey just had that happen. And um, he's corrected our eyes. Our eyes have been transformed so we can see from his perspective. Yes. He's already come in. He's already done that work. But what the enemy does is he tries to put these glasses on you and make you see through the enemy's lies lens. And so that you see everything contorted and twisted through his things. But your eyes are fine. You don't need to wear those glasses and you don't need to look at people. Because when we wear those, you know, we see shame and we see um, faults, you know. We see the glasses are dirty, man. <laughs> so everyone else seems that way. But the truth is that Christ has come in and he has completely redeemed us. We're completely blameless. We're spotless. We can stand before him without a fault. So that's the truth about me. I am blameless. That's my identity. Everything that I've done that was messed up, that's been washed off. I don't need to keep carrying that. And you are blameless. And you are blameless. And my sister in Christ is blameless, even when she may be stumbling and hurts me in her fall. You know, reaches out. I've had that happen before. Somebody strips and your arm gets a nice nail slash. <laughs> but we're blameless. We're whole. And the enemy's strategy, right, is to kill and steal and destroy. And so he wants to come into those moments and he wants to just make you see, oh, wow, she, she fell on me. She tripped. She got this dirt on me. Or he did that thing that just, you know, is, is he, blame him. Blame them. We're blameless. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Blameless means we don't blame others as well. So what I really want to do is I want us all to unite together and stop the enemy in his tracks. We need to stop him from coming in and stirring up these things in us. So that's the next portion that I really want to talk about is being one with each other. Now, We've kind of hit over some things about being women of integrity so we can be complete and whole and one within ourselves. How can we carry that out? How does that look in our lives? Um, ways that we can nurture unity. So I have this list of statements of about you guys um, that I believe is true and I believe God wants to be your identity and wants you to be able to walk out. I'm just going to read through. A woman of integrity, you guys, women of integrity, she is loving. She thinks the best of others. She is honest and open. She lives with hands open and not clenched. She is safe and honoring. She's a place where others can come and blossom. And she has an unoffended heart. And so let's just dive into that. She is loving. You guys are loving. You guys think the best of others. And what does that look like? Um, I, I found um, a new translation version of 1 Corinthians 13 that I hadn't heard before. It's the ISV. And this is the perspective that God is giving you. Think about this being about you. This is how you love. Um, it's the ISV version, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is always patient. Love is always kind. Love is never envious. And it's never arrogant with pride. Nor is she conceited. She's never rude. And she never thinks just of herself or ever gets annoyed. I get annoyed. <laughs> so she is never resentful. And is never glad with sin. She's always glad to side with truth and pleased that truth will win. 
She bears up under everything and believes the best in all. There's no limit to her hope, and never will she fall. And I, yeah, the translation rhymes. ISV, International Standard Version. Uh, so, although all of that is just completely amazing, I just want to pull out, and I love that it's, this translation actually uses the phrasing, believes the best in all. Um, and um, that is just a practical way that you can love people. Yes. Just go first to, well, I'm going to assume the best about them. Yeah. Uh, and I, the story about myself. <laughs> I really like siding with the underdog in a situation and just talking about the opposite end of the problem just because it needs to be seen, right? Like, Amen. hey, did you think about this? <laughs> and that can drive some people crazy. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's definitely a strength in some situations because I can help people see a new solution, but it's also a weakness because it can make people feel like I disagree with them all the time. <laughs> Even though I'm just trying to make sure you see the other side. <laughs> so, um, what recently, though, uh, this happens a lot with Peter. <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that already, uh, I will have an idea and I'll think of all of the problems with it because I'm trying to help him think it through. But he's like, I just had this cool idea and you're shooting it down. Anyway, so um, what was really sweet, though, is that he told me the other weeks ago, he, um, he said that part of me. That, that always is looking from the other side, to always trying to find another point about it, or, or to, is actually me loving people, or loving in this situation. It's me seeing the best in other people. So when he may be upset about something, I'm the first to say something nice, apparently. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's actually loving? Wow, that was such a blessing to me and an encouragement to me, and that just completely goes right in with being in unity, right? We want to assume the best about other people. And um, it just has challenged me to keep that perspective long-term. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to be doing this from the perspective of I'm going to believe the best and I'm going to speak positively. And um, I just really think that if we do this, if, if you don't do anything else after this message other than trying to start believing the best of people first, I think you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache. Yeah. You're going to believe that, you know, Oh, and then just, it stops you from jumping to negative assumptions. Yeah. You know, it stops you from going, oh, that person that walked through the building with a scowl on her face is not angry at me. Yeah. Oh, maybe she just found out that, I don't know, she's going to have to, she just broke her phone or something. That would make me be pretty scowlful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just thinking, believing it's not, it's not about don't take it personally. Don't make assumptions. Believe the best in others. And that, that will just stop the enemy in his tracks, right? All right, so the next point. She's honest and open. She lives with hands open and not clenched. And she's safe and honoring. She's a place where others can come and blossom. And I just see these all working together, being honest and open and being safe and honoring. Um, building on that foundation of being one with God and approaching everything with love. Then we can be honest and open lovingly about our lives and be a safe and honored person. When we've got our identity in line and we're doing everything from the perspective of love, that enables us to be open. Um, an important part, let's see, oh, I skipped a verse. Um, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Um, it says, instead we will speak the truth in love.
love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So when we speak the truth in love, that enables unity. That's the next verse is about the whole body fitting together. And I think an important part of being honest and open is living and speaking everything in a way that anyone can hear you at any time. And that is hard. That is really hard. And, but you know what? There's something in the Bible about that. In Luke 12, 2 through 3, it said, Jesus was saying this, The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Wow. That's really convicting to me. Like, wow, Jesus, what I say in the secret is going to be shouted from the rooftops for all to hear. Wow, it just completely puts a whole nother level on what I let my tongue do, yeah. you know? Um, and, <laughs> yeah, as I read verses like that one along with other scriptures in the New Testament about how the body of Christ is supposed to live and speak full of encouragement and love and building one another up, I've realized I have no grounds for some things that I've found myself taking for granted. For example... With that perspective, I've realized that the New Testament really flies in the face of the idea of venting, which is huge because I was doing it a week ago. <laughs> and, um, and hashing out, just vomiting ourselves onto other people. That's not at all what Christ wants us to do, and that's not going to build unity. You don't want to get closer to someone who just threw up on you. <laughs> Um, and I'm a verbal processor, okay? <laughs> so that's really even harder for me because I, like, think through things while talking. And so I think through my negative emotions while bouncing it off of someone. And that's not loving and honoring to the people I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, I, there's a way that you can express how you're feeling that's loving and honoring. And there's a way that's negative and tearing down. And, you know, just going off of that idea of, okay, I want to say everything in a way that anyone can hear me at any time. Um, I want to live in a way that lets me, like, okay, you want to say, say I'm talking to Tanya about Sarah. I want Tanya, I mean, I need to remember everything I say about Sarah. Tanya could go and say it to Sarah, and I should be okay with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I haven't lived that way. And I feel like God's just like, you know what? Now that you have this foundation and integrity and love, you're going to be able to do that in a way that's really honoring. And I, I don't make assumptions about what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying that when something bad is happening, you have to keep quiet about it because they might tell someone else and things might get bad. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to live in a way that's open so that everything can be seen and shouted from the rooftops. Um, and there's definitely situations in life where you have to go and get things that are in the secret out into the open. But in your own life and what you're doing and what you're responsible for, you can live open. And you can live and talk in a way that's safe and honoring and loving to those around you and above you and under you. 
All right. Um, we have a choice, right? What all of this is, is we have a choice between reacting to a situation or responding to situations. That's what it really comes down to. Am I going to react here or can I respond out of love? Um, so I just wrote up a, an example. Let's say I'm at, I'm chilling out after a long day at work and I just didn't get along with my coworker. And my reaction could be, man, Barbara is just awful. Everything she does under my skin and she lied and said it was my fault that that project was late. When she slacked off, she's terrible at getting things done and she's just goofing off on her phone all day. I'm completely fed up with her. And like every one of those statements could be 100% true. But I believe that that way of saying it is really gossiping and it's unhealthy for both people involved, everyone, for yourself, the person you're talking about, the person you're talking to. And um, instead of all of that, that's not coming out of your core of the Holy Spirit, right? We have that in us already, our relationship with Christ. And instead, a response could be something like, wow, I had a really hard time working with Barbara today. I don't understand why she didn't tell the truth to our boss about that project. She's been really distracted lately, and it's made working with her so difficult. Like, you can still express all of those things. All of, she didn't tell the truth. She's distracted. I'm having a hard time in a way that doesn't tear her down. You know, that there's just so much we don't know about that situation. Who knows? Maybe, you know, her, her mom just died or something. Or, and so she's been on her phone and just been out of it because she's trying to arrange getting off of work or all of these things. And she just forgot about the project. Who knows what the truth is? It's not my place to assume the worst in her. I want to assume the best in her. That's really good. Thank you. You'll hold up real quiet there for a second. Sometimes that's a sign things are good. Yeah, I know. I'm thanking them. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, this responding out of love sets you up to see her heart. And that's our goal, right? We always want to look for the heart in others. To try to think from God's perspective and not make assumptions. And you, if you're looking through, assumptions are another form of those glasses that we can look through. And that, when we're looking through those glasses of assumptions, it's impossible to see her heart. It just completely blurs away. But when we take those off, when we look through God's perspective, we can see his view on her heart. And that can enable us to overcome every annoyance and personality difference and problem because we see his heart for her or him or whoever the situation is with. And really, I think all of that... If you're able to do all of that through Christ who's working in you and giving you the power to do it, it's going to be really hard to have an offended heart because all of that stuff just flies in the face of that. Um, but I still want to say a little bit about that. Um, offense, taking offense, you, something can be offensive and you can be offended. And those are two different things. Wow. Um, so something can put off an offensive smell, or someone can say something offensive. But what you do about it is whether or not you have an offended heart. Um, and uh, it's really good at sneaking up on us, right? Offenses. I, I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I got this picture of it being like this little beast. And I was like, what is it, God? What is offense? And I got this picture of a leech. And it's this slimy thing that comes up and latches onto you. And you may not even feel it at first. And it sucks out your life. 
and it's just, oh, I hate peaches. It's just so, so gross and slimy and just disgusting. And, but what's really great, right, is God's called us to be the salt. And his, he is the salt. And he will come in and he'll just dissolve that whole sucker away. <laughs> and so um, I just really want, like, I, I wanted to run through really quick a couple flags that you may have to help you see if you have an offended heart. Um, so one of them is when you find yourself obsessing about something negative or that's something that makes you feel negative. Just constantly, oh, that thing just really happened and I cannot believe it. And I'm just, I can't even talk to her because it's just not even worth it. You know, that you probably have a little bit of offense going on in there. And I felt that way before. Um, and also, yeah, it's the same idea. Another way to think about it would be like buzzing in your brain. Like a constantly about this idea or that, that situation that, oh, I'm just so, I can't stop thinking about it. If you can't stop thinking about something that's not good and wholesome, Ask God if it's um, rooted in some sort of an offense, and he'll come and be that salt and dissolve it away for you. Because his perspective comes, and when you get God's eyes back, take off the glasses, and you're looking through his eyes again, all of that offense just melts away. Yeah. And you can be in love and in unity together. All right. I want to say. So I'll just really quick run through the points again. Um, living out of integrity and in our identity. We respond out of the same core. We have a deeper understanding of God's character. And we can stand on the rock of Christ and not our emotions. And that enables us to walk as blameless daughters of Christ. And then being one with each other. We are loving and we think the best of others. We are honest and open and we live with hands open and not clenched. And that lets us be safe and honoring people. A place where others can blossom. And we have unoffended hearts. Oh. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.